0: Hi everyone, welcome back to our Streaming Science podcast series. I'm your host, Amanda Migo from Brandon, Florida, and I'm a senior at the University of Florida studying Business Administration with a specialization in Communication and Leadership Development. Streaming Science is a student-driven, multimedia science literacy program connecting you to scientists and scientific concepts to enrich your everyday life. Science is a part of our everyday lives. Explaining your knowledge will only help you discover new ways to think and see what is happening around us. You're listening to our Science of Superstorms playlist. Superstorms are complex with multiple scientific and social layers. One of the layers we will focus on in this episode is how superstorms impact mental health. After, before, and during superstorms, many people can have depression and anxiety. To learn more about storms and our mental health, I spoke with Heidi Rinovich, a licensed psychologist, professor, and program director for UF Extension Engagement at the University of Florida Institute of Food and Agricultural Sciences. Dr. Rinovich develops and provides training focused on mental health coping strategies For storm survival. Listen to our interview to learn more about the science behind mental health, how hurricanes affect mental health, and the tips and research available to us. Let's get started in
1: welcoming Dr. Rinovich. My name is Heidi Radunovich. My PhD is in clinical psychology. I'm a licensed psychologist in the state of Florida. When I was doing my training, I specialized in children and families, and that's how I came to be in this department of family, youth, and community sciences. One of the things that I got involved in along the way was I I had a position at the National Rural Behavioral Health Center. So a lot of the work that I was doing there was related to rural mental health. We did a lot of research studies and clinical practice related to rural mental health. And we also put together a manual related to disasters and mental health. I really cover things related to families and stress. That is sort of my overarching theme for what I work on. So I do look at family stress related to things like military families, how people are impacted by disaster, but also other sorts of life stressors and how to be resilient in the face of all this stress. So that is sort of where I come from. As far as, you know, the science literature, uh, pretty much the whole field of psychology is based on science (laughs) and, and that's where we get our information. Probably this is similar in a lot of fields where there's there's the research and there's the practice. And the assumption is usually that the science informs the practice. But sometimes there can be a bit of a divide between the people who do the research and the people who are out being practitioners in the field. So we do see in in the area of mental health, particularly, a little bit of a divide. Other areas of psychology that are not mental health, it's a little bit different. But what I'm doing, uh, a lot of my appointment right now, I do research as well as teaching, as well as extension. In my extension, work, what we're doing is we're taking research-based information and we're sort of translating that into usable programs for out in the community. And so I'm kind of focused on how can we help build mental health out in communities and particularly rural areas where there's just less availability of resources. You mentioned that your handbook was kind of focused on, on the recoveries of hurricanes in terms of mental health. It's really helping communities to understand how they can best prepare for the mental health issues that come about related to disaster what to do prior but also after disasters give some good resources to give out in the community and educate people about what to expect. I think you know it's a stressor like any other going through a disaster we here in florida we get a lot of hurricanes but we also get all kinds of other disasters too right it's not just hurricanes but this covers all kinds like terrorism and and other sorts of man-made disasters other tornadoes you know all the different types of things but giving people a sense of this is what's normal And this maybe is where you'll want to get some help. These are some of the things to expect. I think one of the hardest things is people don't know what's normal. I've been getting calls after this most recent disaster that there are people who I work with, who are crying, and you know, is that okay? What do we do for this person? And look, it is a huge stressor. Yes, people will be crying. (laughs) That's okay. And I think that it's just important for people to understand what is what is okay and what is the point when you may need to kind of refer someone to get some some support. What are some of the things that is
0: okay to feel and some of the things that you might want to go ahead and report it? And if you've known anyone that's experienced this in terms of natural disasters, like you mentioned tornadoes or hurricanes and how they could work with that.
1: I think that we expect, especially initially, that people are going to be experiencing high degrees of stress and reacting to it, having a stress reaction, whether it's crying or not sleeping well or being anxious and irritable. Those are all kinds of things that we would Definitely expect. Where we get concerned is if it's many, many months later and people are still having these difficulties. The other thing that we're concerned about is when people are feeling suicidal, and sometimes people become incredibly depressed and they kind of shut down. That's concerning. Or if they're talking about wanting to do harm to themselves, or I just, you know, I give up, I don't care possibly neglecting children. Those are sor- sort of the times when, okay, they need some sort of intervention at this point. But just experiencing stress and being upset, it can be very uncomfortable for outside people to see this. Like, I yeah. want to help them. They're crying. This is very uncomfortable for me. But honestly, that is expected and it's okay.
0: okay. Have you ever worked with someone who has experienced any type of mental health when it came to their hurricane disaster, especially here? And I know in the panhandle, we had um, the recent hurricane that came and just
1: how you were able to work with that person. I haven't um, done any sort of longer term therapy with people after disaster, but I have gone to do more in a consulting role about some of the mental health issues and talking and kind of assessing for where people were and is everyone doing okay? And, you know, what kind of supports? could they use, but we have definitely seen there's a huge need out in rural areas. These are huge Long-standing problems that these communities are facing right now. People are losing their, not only their homes, but their whole livelihoods, their job, your insurance at uh, your school, everything that you have. So it can be pretty devastating for people. And it's not something that's going to be fixed up next week. It's something yes. that it can take a very long time for communities to recover from disasters. So it is definitely pretty intense, but hurricanes are so unique because You might be sitting there watching a hurricane coming or expecting the worst. And then it, it kind of avoids your area or maybe you just get, you know, a little bit of wind damage and it's not too bad. But for other people, it can just completely devastate entire communities. We saw in the panhandle, entire like towns just yeah. wiped off the map. Okay. How do you recover from something like that? Mm-hmm. That's huge. So I think it can have, you know, the more devastation there is, the more loss there is, the worse it is. And if people have had some pre-existing problems already, okay. your community was already suffering or if you had a lot of other losses or problems in your life and then a hurricane hits it can be especially difficult this can really add to your sort of burden as a human being trying to to cope so i think that It's very variable. You can go through a hurricane and don't have much damage and everything's fine, or you have some damage and, you know, you can have, I I think one of the things that we find a lot is that it's not just the event itself. Like, okay, the hurricane came, it's the, Mm -hmm. it's, you know, dealing with, you know, cleaning up and dealing with the insurance company. And do you have to find somewhere else to live? Where are you going to live? How are you going to afford that? Especially if you're not You don't have a job anymore and you you need medical care. Can you find a place to get medical care? Do you still have insurance if you lost your job? Um, So it's all those compounding problems. Maybe you have to move in with your in-laws and you hate your in-laws. And that's very (laughs) stressful. All these sorts of stressors can add up and Mm -hmm. it can make it extremely difficult for people to recover emotionally after a disaster like that.
0: Something that I actually read about because... I've done my research and I've seen where can someone be most affected when it comes to any natural disaster. And it's mostly like times, like you said, the aftermath. Many times it could be that the mental health, things we see like depression and things like that comes after the hurricane. So is there any way we can prepare for that not to occur or is it something that we should cope with it? It's more of not a let's prepare for it. Let's learn how to work with it.
1: Well, you can put boards on your windows or, you know, whatever it is to sort of try to prepare your home for a hurricane. It's a little bit harder to prepare yourself emotionally for something like this. I think if you're in good stead going in, you're going to have better prognosis, right? Like if you're otherwise go, everything's going well in your life going in. It's probably better if you were going through a divorce, or you had a big loss, or you're coping with cancer. You know, you have all these other big things going in. You're already sort of emotionally taxed. But you know, this is just—it's kind of like saying, you know, prepare for a sudden accident. Like, whoa, I don't even know what's coming. Like, yes. how do you how do you really prepare for something like this emotionally? I think the most important thing is just educating people about what they can do for themselves after the fact, when and how they can get some treatment if they need it, and. Also to reassure people that most folks who go through a hurricane or experience a disaster get through just fine. Even if they have stress reaction, most people can heal and they can get through it and they're okay and they're going to be fine in the long run. But it's okay if they are having some difficulty for a period of time.
0: Yes. You also, in an article that I read... You talked about on um, tips for mental health after a hurricane. You also talked about a specific
1: organization that they can reach out to. A, a Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration, and they have a phone line specifically for people who've gone through disasters. They have for generally for mental health if you're in crisis and you you need somebody to talk to you right away, and they can try to help you and they can help you find some local resources for getting treatment. They also have one that's specific to disasters and people dealing with emotional problems related to disaster so tornadoes floods hurricanes and that is a really good resource for people just to have that on hand in the event that you need to, someone's in crisis, or you know you need someone to talk to right away, it's just good to know about that resource for sure. Okay. What
0: advice could you personally give students when we're working with a community and working with um, different people, even if it's ourselves, or even if it's a friend or family, or even us, a professor? How could we kind of reach out to them and make sure that they're okay and they have everything they need after a natural disaster?
1: I would say that most people could benefit from support, just some social support. Don't worry too much about using the right words. Don't worry too much about having all the answers. It's really helpful just to know someone's there to listen and just being there for people sometimes can be enough. Knowing that you can send them if you feel like, oh my gosh, this is really kind of beyond what I am able to handle, knowing that there are some of these tip lines that you can go to, but a lot of people just just want an ear. Um, sometimes people need material resources. They need someone to help them get this tree out of their yard. You can do that as well. It makes you feel better when you get your life back to normal. So anything that you can do to provide any kind of material support, providing donations to organizations who provide this sort of support for people and communities helps as well. I think just knowing that you are supported in your life after a hurricane is huge and people are just looking for where can I get that help sometimes it's just material sometimes it's I need somebody to talk to about my frustration with the insurance company or how am I ever gonna get this tree out of my yard or you know I can't find anyone just having people to talk to can be beneficial and encouraging people to take care of themselves I think when people are under stress oftentimes it's the first thing to go out the window is taking care of yourself Mm -hmm. and um, People need to do their best to try to get sleep, to try to eat properly, stay hydrated. All those things help you cope better. And getting exercise, gosh, that's one of the best ways to help you to deal with stress. So as much as possible, reminding people to engage in that good self-care when, you know, sometimes they just want to work, 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 Mm work to try to get all these things done and they forget, like, you do need to take a break. You do need to get some rest and not wearing themselves into the ground. I often tell people that this is a marathon. It's not a sprint, okay? You're not just going to do it and get it done. This is going to be long-term and you got to take care of yourself so you can make it all the way through this this long road.
0: Yeah, I love that you mentioned that because I've had people that I know that just when something happens, they're like, I need to finish it. I need to make it happen. And they're just so worried about wanting to get it done instead of just saying, hey, it's going to happen. It's going to get done. Let's work on each specific thing before we try to see the big picture and get it all done, especially in hurricanes and how that kind of relates to mental
1: health. How would you define mental health? I actually think about mental health a little bit differently. If you think about it from the clinical psychologist perspective, we use a reference book called the DSM, the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual, and that gives us information about different diagnoses that you can have, whether it's depression or bipolar disorder, or schizophrenia, things like that. And certainly those are all mental health problems. But I like to also think about being mentally healthy. Okay. It's not just the absence of having a disorder. It's kind of being strong and being able to withstand a lot of these stressors so in my mind it's not just about an absence of having a diagnosis Mm -hmm. it's also about trying to stay healthy the same as your physical health and trying to make sure that you're taking care of yourself in a way that you can withstand these stressors some of the things that affect our mental health are things that are outside of our control some of the events that happen in our lives that Sometimes bad things happen and there's nothing that you can do about it. And it's just a matter of coping. And the more of those you have to deal with, the more taxing it is to your mental health. But there are also some things that you can try to do to manage your stress, techniques that you can use for that, as well as trying to engage in that self-care. So you do the best with what you have to manage these life stressors that come your way so that you can stay as mentally healthy as possible, but also accept that if you have an awful lot of things going on in your life, it's okay for you to have a diagnosis. It's okay for you to seek treatment. Sometimes you need to do that for yourself, and that's okay. It doesn't mean that you have somehow failed or, you know, just like you fall and break your leg. Nobody's going to judge you because you had an accident and you're hurt. And I think we shouldn't judge people because they have a diagnosis and they are, you know, depressed or or have a bipolar disorder. other kinds of disorders sometimes that happens and you know you just have to try to get the treatment that you need so that you can get better is that something that you kind of go over in that
0: handbook you talked about in the beginning
1: that we can access there's a free link to the pdf and it's offered through public health and health professions you can access that for free
0: i will make sure to provide that link for our listeners today in the comment section below but before i go i just want to thank you dr vernovich for your time and joining us today I hope you enjoyed listening to our guests and learning more about positive mental health practices for coping with the impacts of superstorms. Remember, if you or anyone you know is in need of support, please reach out to Counseling Center. You are loved. I'm your host, Amanda. Stay tuned for more tracks from our Science of Superstorm series on streamingscience.com and connect with us on social media. Have a great day and thanks for
1: listening.